The clock is ticking on ADSB, but the Aircraft Electronics Association wants you to know this. I get concerned that all the negativity has made them think that it's too late already. It's not. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Pete Combs with your trusted source for business aviation news. It's been a constant drumbeat in the aviation industry for the past decade when it comes to ADSB out. The deadline is coming. The deadline is coming. Well, the clock on the wall does continue to tick, and shops like Southeastern Aerospace in Melbourne, Florida are starting to fill up. SEA's Luke Gamal, thanks for joining me. Let me ask you, what is the situation there at your shop in Melbourne with regard to ADSB installations? There's a lot of activity. There's a lot of talk about ADSB. Uh, so we're booked up definitely into the summer of next year. We do have some slots in between now and then, uh, but ADSB is starting to take off. I feel like uh, owner operators are starting to see the deadline coming and they're starting to pull the trigger. What are you hearing when you ask operators, why aren't you doing this now? It, just about every answer is cost, you know, especially with the older, lower hull value business jets, uh, where a modification for ADSB starts appro- approaching an uncomfortable percentage cost-wise of the hull value of the aircraft, that's when the guys really start scratching their heads uh, on the worth of the upgrade. You know, a lot of aircraft, you know, they're getting close to the engine overhaul times, and they're going to ask the question, do we overhaul these engines on this airframe that it may not be worthwhile, so maybe we won't do ADSB. You know, so a lot of these questions are being asked and, you know, the average ADSB upgrade cost for us on a part 25 aircraft is about $60,000. And we really tailor ADSB on the aircraft to, you know, what is the customer looking for? Are they looking for the lowest cost solution for the aircraft or do they want to stick with the same manufacturer of avionics in that aircraft? or perhaps there's something else they're looking for, like a full integrated cockpit retrofit. You know, so we ask all those questions to the customer, and then we will tailor a solution uh, that best fits their mission. Luke, thanks. Stand by for just a moment. I want to turn to Rick Perry. He's the Vice President for Industry and Government Affairs at the Aircraft Electronics Association. Rick, thanks for taking a moment to talk with us here on NBAA's Flight Plan. With so many aircraft yet to meet the ADSB mandate, you make a really good point about compliance in that a lot of aircraft going into the shop these days are getting the full next-gen upgrade when that's much more than what will actually be required January 1, 2020. Absolutely. They, they can do just what the regulation requires. Does that take some of the pressure off? Well, <laughs> I would think it would take some. And, and in fact, I would expect that, that as we get closer to the deadline and shops simply aren't going to have the capacity to bring airplanes in for a full next-gen upgrade, the operators may choose to go ahead and get the ADSB upgraded and defer the full next-gen upgrade until the next maintenance cycle. Um, But I think the challenge, and and interestingly enough, I think one of the major challenges is is that 
when you go in to get your ADSB upgraded, if you have a flight management system, quite often there's other elements of the flight management system that actually has to either be repaired or upgraded. And while the shop has a certain amount of time that they need to be able to run the wires and install the equipment and everything else, quite often you have to send your FMS back to the manufacturer uh, for upgrades. And they're becoming a bit uh, backlogged. And in many cases, it's, you know, four to six weeks to get the equipment turn time in the process. So, you know, it becomes a very challenging um, dynamic. And the worst, the, the single worst thing is that nobody knows. And the only way you're going to know is if you contact your avionics shop, you have this conversation, you allow them to know what you have in your aircraft and, and they can do the, the background work um, so that when you come in, they're actually prepared for it and they're ready to, to do the upgrades and everybody has full understanding of how long it's going to take. When you, when you walk in cold to a shop, they're still going to have to do that information, but they're not going to be able to be as prepared for it as if you have those conversations today. Luke Ramal from Southeastern Avionics, you have a thought on this as well? My advice is do your research, figure out what are the options for ADSB equipment on your aircraft. You know, first of all, figure out what you have on your aircraft. Are you TCAS 2 equipped? Uh, what's the part number of your TCAS 2 uh, processor? What are your transponders and their part numbers? What do you have for control heads? Have all that information ready to give to your avionics shop and have them put a proposal together for you and have them put some options on there. Maybe there's a Garmin solution. Garmin solutions play with pretty much every suite of avionics out there right now. Uh, Rockwell Collins, same thing, and even the Bendix King stuff. So there are options on almost every aircraft. They're not locked down to one solution. Figure out what the options are. Figure out if the the solution that's presented is going to fit your mission you know if you're looking for perhaps fans 1a or cpdlc in the future maybe you do want to stick with an integrated solution you know rockwell collins honeywell they all have you know, paths for that on multiple airframes uh, but if you're looking just to meet this mandate you know you can get outside the box find the cheapest solution get multiple quotes from avionic shops you know get two three four quotes and then make a decision on that based on their downtime what's their past performance on your airframe and your avionic suite and uh lastly you know do the work now if you wait to the end of the year next year you're going to be uh, cornered in a box and you're not going to have options Luke, you talk about options. Let me ask you both about some options. For instance, what about outsourcing this work to technicians in other countries? So we, we don't like to do go down that road here at Southeast Aerospace. So really, I mean, we can only sell to our capacity and we could ask guys to work overtime and they already do. Uh, but at some point we have to say no, uh, even, even if we bring the price way up there you know, it's going to be a, a point where we just have to say no because we can't physically do the jobs. Rick? 
There's certainly the capability that we can use contract labor, except they're not trained and don't have the knowledge, skills, and abilities to do this kind of work. And so I can hire flesh and blood, but I can't hire talent. Most of the talent's already accounted for. And so that element of it doesn't help. But the other piece of this is, is that there's physically, um, the space is already accounted for. Um, you know, the, the hangers are full and you have to be able to get into the hangar. Now, you can shop around, find maintenance providers who might have a little more capacity than others. You may not be able to go to your favorite maintenance provider or your regular maintenance provider. You may have to go to somebody new. The bottom line is, is that it's the availability of the amount of businesses that support this industry. You don't build infrastructure based on a once in a decade maintenance event. There's only so many shops. It's not about the technicians. It's about shops and shop space. As far as taking the aircraft overseas, the U.S. registered aircraft can be maintained by any U.S. certificated maintenance facility. So if the FAA has certificated a 145, a repair station, then that aircraft can certainly go there and have the work done to it. However, keep in mind that that, uh, Europe uh, has their own mandates as well as Mexico and, and certain countries in Latin America. And so the availability of those aren't as plentiful as you would think they were. There's one other possibility, of course, and that's the chance that FAA might simply delay the mandate requirement beyond 2020. Rick? So when you look back at other avionics mandates and the FAA's extensions that came with them, and we all know that they've done it. So, you know, there's no reason to hide and say that FAA has always been golden on this. However, they have never done their part as well as they have done their part this time. The FAA is fully ready, willing, and able to move forward. They've invested in the infrastructure and they've invested in the infrastructure well in advance of the mandate. And so this is all on industry. The FAA nor the government have any, any reason to extend the rule. Like I said, it is Washington. So, you know, I won't stand here and say, you know, it's 100% guaranteed. I can tell you and I can cite multiple times when the former administrator, Michael Huerta, uh, has flat out said, you know, no, this date is fixed. I can cite numerous cases where the current acting administrator, Dan Elwell, has reinforced that statement. You know, if if you're delaying it because you believe the FAA is going to delay the rule, you're gambling. If you can afford the gamble, fine. But if you cannot afford the gamble, if you need that airplane on January 1st, I think it's a fool's, fool's bet. So, Luke, what's your prediction for the day before the deadline? 
there's going to probably be some angry people that their aircraft doesn't comply with ADSB out and that we should be able to fit them in if they offer a lot more money. <laughs> but uh, we will honor commitments to customers that lined up and scheduled their aircraft in. You know, they're going to be our top priority. So we will do everything we can to take care of every aircraft that we could possibly fit in here and get modified within their budget and their downtime frame. But it's going to be it's going to be pretty crazy, I think, industry wide come the end of next year. On that note, Rick, I want to give you the last word. You have a much different prediction for the end of the next year as we approach the ADSB compliance deadline. Absolutely. There are facilities that are are backed up for six to nine months, keeping in mind that a lot of those those uh, multi-service facilities are, you know, doing full aircraft upgrades and conversions and paint jobs and interiors and everything else. However, there is capacity today and you can get an aircraft in a, in a qualified shop with as little as 60 day backlog right now. So everybody focuses on the, the extremes and the, and the, you know, the nine month backlog facilities. And they say, yeah, that's the standard. Everybody has a nine month backlog. That's not technically correct. There are a number of facilities and, and I would say well over half of the, of the business aircraft facilities are in the 60 to 90 day backlog. And so the big thing is you've got to talk to your shops. You've got to get scheduled, get a time slot to get that aircraft in, have a conversation about what's in your airplane so that the shop can give you a viable estimate on what needs to happen, not just in cost, but in uh, downtime and, you know, get it into the queue. Uh, I think if, if everybody does that, 2020 will come here and It'll kind of be, you know, Y2K. Everybody will look up on January 1st and go, now, why did I worry about that for the last year? We should all hope. (laughs) I do hope. (laughs) I'd like to thank my guests, Rick Perry from AEA and Luke Ramal from Southeastern Aerospace in Melbourne, Florida, for taking time with me to talk about the upcoming ADSB installation deadline. NBAA has a great assortment of ADSB resources on its webpage. Just go to nbaa.org slash ADSB. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan podcasts at Apple's iTunes website or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Pete Combs. Thanks for listening to Flight Plan.